Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. We aren't just your typical Bachelor Nation podcast, we are all-knowing, all-seeing. AKA, we cover spoilers, news and gossip, astrology, and more. You have been warned. We get spiritual, we get witchy, and sometimes a little bit tipsy. I'm Sam. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it back. Hello, everyone. Sam here. Before we dive into the special bonus episode with Kerpa Sudik from Colton Season, I just wanted to pop on here and give you all an update. So Melissa and I did not record a new episode this week. We were lucky enough to have Kerpa come on a few weeks ago to record this awesome and super fun bonus episode, but with me recovering from COVID, Melissa has a lot going on right now that I'm sure she will catch you up on next week when we record again, but we didn't record a recap for this episode um, this week of Michelle's season. And the reason I'm saying something is because sometimes episodes aren't that important. There's not a lot to say. There's not a lot going on within Bachelor Nation. Um, Unfortunately, this week, there was a ton of stuff going on. So I don't want you guys to think that we are ignoring it in any way. Next week, when we do our hometowns recap, we're also going to dive into last week's episode. And of course, a lot of Bachelor Nation news that has come out. So don't worry, we're going to be breaking down Rick's very sad departure. I love Rick, as you guys know. Also talking about Clayton's Bachelor audition and how extremely forced it was. And we have a lot of Bachelor Nation news to talk about. And it's honestly some pretty upsetting news. As I'm sure you all know, or maybe you don't, at this point, um, Zach and Tasha have officially broken up. We're absolutely devastated. Next week, when we record, we are going to get into the nitty gritty. I'm going to tell you guys all of the things that I have found out through my sleuthing. And we also have to talk about Katie now officially being in a relationship with John, who was on her season and she let go. The first couple of weeks, um, you know, her and Blake have now been officially broken up for only a month. So um, these timelines are pretty suspicious, I will just say. But yeah, a lot going on in the nation, a lot of heartbreak, feel really bad for Blake. But I just wanted to tell you all that don't worry, these are very important topics that we are going to discuss next week and in the coming weeks. But until then, please enjoy this super fun episode with Kerpa, and we'll see you next week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special episode of Throw It Batch. We had a former contestant want to come on our show, and I've always just been such a fan of her. Um, We have Kerpa Sudik, and she was on Colton's season of The Bachelor. You made it really far and definitely made some waves, and you broke history in a lot of ways, too. So thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So you, you know, are one of those contestants that like has kind of taken a step outside of the franchise. You know, you're like, okay, that was fun. I think I'm good. Um, Is the reason that you don't watch the show anymore? I mean, I know you said it was just time, but do you ever feel like it just brings back too many memories? Oh yeah. 100%. I think 
it's such an odd experience to go through that it kind of like traumatizes you in some ways. And like some people deal with it better than others. And I just can't watch it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. And I know that you got cast on the show. You and your friends just like submitted yourself one random night when you were having a good time and, and then they called you in. So had you been a fan of the show before? I used to watch when I was in high school. I I remember, I think it was Sean Lowe's season that I watched Mm -hmm. and then like got busy again with college and stuff and hadn't watched and wasn't even thinking about The Bachelor. And yeah, I had gotten broken up with and my friends were like, you should apply and just went on my phone, not really thinking anything would come of it. And then, yeah. So did you know it was Colton? Like, did you have an interest in him before you decided to join? We had no idea. At the time that I had applied, no one had said who it was going to be. They asked, like, if we had, like, a top pick of who we would want. I think mine was Jason at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, no one knew before going into it. And so your season kind of, I mean, each season is infamous for like the bullying getting worse and worse, like the drama getting worse and worse. But I feel like Colton season for some reason, like you guys got it really bad, like in the DMs and even, you know, the way they edited, it was very much turning like women against each other. And from some of the interviews I've seen you do after the show, you were like, it wasn't even that bad and like seeing it play out like that made it worse so tell me a little bit more about like what really happened and how the show kind of like manipulated it I think you're right that whole season I don't know why it was so like woman against woman because in reality when we were there we all got along like yeah there were definitely clicks but no one was like hostile towards each other Mm -hmm. um and I think towards the end of it, like the longer you've been in that situation, you kind of like start to go a little crazy because you can't have contact with the outside world and you kind of are like just over it and want it. So whatever the producers tell you to do, you're like, okay, whatever, just I'll say whatever you want so I can be done with this interview or done with this, whatever. Just to get through those little hurdles, right? Yeah. So I think that's how it kind of got blown up into a bigger thing. Like Cassie and I had had the first little conversation and I was like, oh yeah, I heard this because the producers were like, yeah, bring that up. So I was like, yeah, I heard that about this on the bus with Katie and blah, blah. And she's like, no, that's, that was wrong, whatever. And that wasn't dramatic enough. So then I went and had my one-on-one time with Colton at that group date and he had like brought it up again. And I was like, you know what? You're an adult. Like you go with your gut and I trust that you can make your own decisions. That wasn't good enough either. So then we had her one-on-one time on the group date and she came back crying because I guess Colton had confronted her about everything. And that's when the bigger like blow up thing happened. Uh, Cause it's like, we we cleared it. Why did it have to get larger? It's probably what she was thinking, but you were kind of forced to talk about it with him. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with that season, there was two things that maybe were clear, maybe weren't clear, but I think in Colton's mind, he knew that A, it was the Cassie and Colton show. And obviously with the news that's come out over the past few months, you know, he's come out as um, homosexual. So with those two different things, did you pick up on either of those? Like A, no one else has a chance besides Cassie and B, you know, did you get any different kind of vibes, you know, if Colton was really interested in you guys? 
we definitely, a lot of the girls knew that he was very zoned in on Cassie. Mm-hmm. And I always had a feeling it would be like Hannah G or Cassie. So um, from the get-go, I was like, I don't think he's really that interested in me, but I'm sure the producers will just keep me along. So that's what ended up happening. And the other thing, I, I just thought he wasn't that into me. I couldn't tell like, oh, he's just not into women. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the girls felt the same way, just like the way he would kiss kiss them like it just he wasn't there it wasn't like there was no emotion behind it he was kind of a shell of himself or what he thought he needed to be right but that must have been quite some turmoil because you're like is it because he's nervous about having this responsibility and being this main character or is it right it's like is or does he actually like me more but it's just so hard with these cameras which makes you then envision what your imagination is probably like, I'm sure after the show, if he does, you know, choose me, things will be so different. Right. No, we definitely, a lot of the girls talked to the producers and we were like, he seems so robotic. Like, why is this happening? And they were like, well, he's really nervous and he's trying to put on like how he thinks he should act as the bachelor. And we're like, okay, that makes sense. This is a lot of pressure. Did you read his book? No, I didn't. Yeah. His book. Oh, you did, right? I did read his book. Yeah. It was like during lockdown, you know, that was my mom sent me Colton's book and I was like, okay, like I'm not doing anything else. Even in his book, he said a lot of interesting things. And like, I think he even alluded to you a little bit in the book, um, which was, I mean, I'm sure you've been told, but it was kind of like, I don't know, hearing him, maybe what he had to say in this book and kind of explain his point of view. I feel like just not just for you in particular, but for all of the women, as I read the book, I was thinking to myself, God, I would be like kind of upset if I were any of the women reading this book right now. I mean, I appreciated his honesty, I guess, but I was like, damn, like that is not nice, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I remember someone saying like about me that he wanted to like send me home right away, but the producer said no or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, that's fine. It's not like I had some deep connection with him from the beginning. And I had a feeling that I was just there because I was friendly and got along with people. So yeah, he was working through a lot of stuff. Did that book come out before he came out or? Yeah, right. It did. And you read the book and you're like, wait, he's still saying he's straight because he's literally writing this book. And it's like the things that he was writing were surprising and kind of indicative of like something a gay man would write, you know, the porn that he watched, like even like that kind of thing. And, but he wasn't, he he was really open about a lot. Yeah. And so he didn't come out until after, but it wasn't even an announcement in the book. You were just like, wait, what am I reading? Yeah, is he- it probably helps guide him to, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, it's so much inner reflection and yeah, deep insight and everything to it, writing a book is the most therapeutic thing you can do. Also painful, but yeah, I'm sure that that was a big part of his journey to coming out. That's, yeah. that's interesting. I also wanted to touch on something that if there's any like former contestants listening or future contestants listening, you got so many nasty DMs during the show on social media. And it was like, we probably don't even know the half of it. How did you deal with that? And like, what kind of mental health repercussions like happened? And 
what was the solution? You know, did you go to therapy? Like how did, how did it all unfold? I knew I would get some type of like nasty DMs, but I didn't think it would be as bad as it was. And that was all because of the Cassie blow up. Like I got some like rude ones up until then. And then once that happened, it was like off the charts. People were just so crazy. And I'm like, you guys don't even know who we are. Like you see this five minutes on TV and you're basing everything on that. Um, But yeah, afterwards, it was definitely hard. I did go to therapy. Just the, the years after I've noticed like a shift in my mental health, but I think I'm like finally back on track to where I was before the show, which is good, but it definitely does take a toll on a lot of our mental health. Like other girls too, were not in good places after. I remember Hannah B actually called me up because she had gotten, I think the week before or something, the same type of thing, people were attacking her and she was so kind. She like, talked me through it because I was like so messed up from it she's like don't worry like yes it sucks for a week and then someone else is gonna get it next like people already forget they move on and that is what happens but it's still in the moment it's like you don't know how to handle all the hate coming at you because you're not used to it so yeah the girls definitely lean on each other in the moment when it's happening Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, I know a lot of times what happens on the show is you have your friends while you're filming. And then after the show ends and it starts airing, you kind of start becoming closer with other girls that you weren't as close with while you were filming. But post show, you kind of can like commiserate together. Was there anyone like that for you? Um, Alex, she went home pretty early on, but we became super close after Um, It's been harder to see her because she's in Canada with all the COVID stuff, but yeah, yeah, she and I got really, really close. You didn't go on Paradise, right? Mm -mm. Was that, was, was that an option for you? Was that something that you considered? Yeah, I, I went through the testing and everything for it and they just ended up not using me. What? Oh, wow. (laughs) That's I would have so- loved to have seen you on Paradise because that, that's actually the season I started watching. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. I would have loved to see you. I, I got to know Tasha through that season. Sydney. Yeah. There was a lot of Colton. Oh, yeah. Colton a people. lot of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of that. I mean, we're just like a little podcast and we get crazy crap. So we always think to ourselves, like what, you know, I can't imagine what the people on this show must get. Oh yeah. It's pretty wild what people will say on the internet. And, you know, you've spoken out a lot about like diversity within the franchise and that they need to make some real changes. And I mean, honestly, like it really pisses me off that they didn't even offer you paradise. Like it pisses me off that they kind of like peddled you like along like that, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you think that there are actually changes being made or they're just trying to put like a bandaid on everything? I think they're definitely just trying to put a bandaid on everything. Mm-hmm. I would have to wait and see like years down the road if they're still trying to make active changes. But I think with the whole like Black Lives Matter movement and all everything going on, I think they're like, shit, okay, we have to do something. Otherwise mm-hmm. we're going to get canceled as a franchise. And they just panicked and they're like, okay, well, let's make what, who was it? Matt James, the mm-hmm. first Black Bachelor. Like they were just like, throwing shit at the wall, seeing if it would help. So I don't think there's like 
I, there are a lot of good people that work for the franchise, but I think the ones at the top, the head of it, like they need to get their shit together and really make some changes. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Tatha describe on her podcast, Clickbait, that she was like really happy with the changes that have been made. I mean, not saying that there wasn't more measures to be taken, but she did notice like a drastic change at least. But from the outside looking in, I mean, from our chairs, right? It's, it really feels like a bandaid. I can totally agree with you. Yeah. Because before this, like it was totally like white dominant. They would focus on those people the top like four, you'd have like one or two ethnic girls that they'd keep to the hometowns and then get rid of them. And then the final two would be usually white. So it wasn't until all this shit in the world started happening that they're like, okay, we have to make changes too. So that's the sad part. We wish we would have seen it before and hopefully it continues though. I mean, I'm concerned because so we have Michelle's season right now, which I know you're not watching, but like it's really diverse. And then we have Clayton's season, who we know is going to be the next Bachelor, who reminds me so much of Colton kind of for some reason, (laughs) like kind of a very like, you know, similar cookie cutout. And so I'm really scared that we're going to have this like triumphant, magical, amazingly diverse eye-opening season. And then we're just going back to basics. Like I've looked at his girls they look like Hannah B and Cassie and all of that. So it is frustrating, but I, I'm going to keep an open mind, but I'm definitely really skeptical. We'll see what happens going forward, but I'm hoping that more people will like speak up, but it's hard with the fan base too. I think that's why a lot of it has been this like cookie cutter formula for them. Cause the fan base wants that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. worked. It's been, re- yeah, the fans are receptive to it. Yeah. Even though there's so much newer fanship, I feel. Yeah. From what I'm hearing and seeing. But yeah, if they see a spike in Clayton in viewership for Clayton's season, they're going to be proven right. And yeah. that's that sucks. And I hope they don't. I mean, I know that the ratings haven't been very good for Michelle's season, but I just feel like overall the ratings go down every single season. Like it's just been like a downhill spiral from there. Um, do you regret doing the show? Like, would you ever do anything like that again? Say you were single. I know you are in a very happy relationship, but yeah, is this something that you were like, no, never? I don't regret it at all because it did. It let me meet new people. It gave me the platform that I have now. So I'm grateful for that. There are definitely things that I wish were done differently, but I don't regret going on the show. Were you close with Tasha when that season aired? It was like you and Sydney and Tasha were good friends, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were very, very close during the filming. Like after Sydney left, it was t- just Tasha and I, and we like really had each other's backs. And then I left and I was like, I really hope she wins or at least she gets far enough. And yeah, yeah. it all worked out for her. It worked out for her. Yeah. I know we're, we're big Tasha fans over here. So I'm just like, is she amazing? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Her, her personality is just so like bubbly and it just draws you in. She's great. Before we get into your reading, I just want to catch up with you. I know you have some changes going on in your life. If you guys don't follow Kerpa on Instagram, you should, because she makes like the funnest cooking mm-hmm. videos and you're really good at all that content creation. So yeah, what's going on in your life? I was a dental hygienist for about six years, but I recently quit and I want to focus more on the content creation. And uh, my friend and I are taking like a six month 
or maybe longer, I'm not sure, like road trip. And we're gonna, yeah, travel around the country and just film a lot of content. And then I'm actually taking a course um, studying astrology and learning how to read charts because that's always been so fascinating to me. And I want to know more about like my own chart and how to read my friends and everyone. So yeah, that's the perfect segue. I love that. While we love to throw back our favorite wine and cocktails on this show, something we don't talk enough about is drinking water. It is imperative that you drink enough water so you can truly enjoy that buzz while staying hydrated. That's why we wanted to tell you about our secret weapon, Hydro Jug. My Hydro Jug is currently my favorite water bottle because it holds over half a gallon of water and it's totally leak proof. I'm very clumsy, so that is extremely important to me. And I have a strap so I can carry it anywhere. They come in all different colors, but even better is that they have over 40 sleeves to choose from. I personally chose a really cool sleeve that has stars on it in the night sky because, well, I love astrology, obviously. They also have a wide mouth opening and an integrated handle. And the best part is that they're dishwasher safe. It is super convenient because not only does it come with a strap, but the sleeve comes with pockets. So you can literally put your cell phone, keys, and wallet in there. For real though, who needs a purse when you have this hydro jug, especially when you're going to the gym? I now understand why we see so many celebrities using this product. And I'm so happy that we are sponsored by hydro jug because it is so necessary. With the holidays coming up, this is literally the perfect gifts for your friends and family. Get your hydro jug at www.thehydrojug.com and use our discount code BATCH, B-A-C-H, to get 10% off of your order today. Hydro drugs really are game changers for anyone on the go like we all are these days. Again, use our code BATCH, capital B-A-C-H, for 10% off at www.thehydrojug.com. I honestly am teasing the reason (laughs) because I planned immediately to open up the astrology portion (laughs) of the segment by asking you like how how into mysticism and spirituality are you and very (laughs) okay great because that's because if you weren't I would have been like well here we are like this is probably going to be your first little gateway or, or whatever because there's no reason with your chart for you not to be like a total witch. <laughs> like you are, you are very, very um, intuitive. It's interesting because I have found that there's always a few main components, especially in your big three. Mm-hmm. And then other aspects sort of kind of repeat, sort of regurgitate the theme of those main components. There was over 25 reasons why you were really intuitive and it all kind of comes down to the one thing I wanted to focus on with you today which is you have your son in the 12th house have you heard about that yeah I have a ton of planets and shit in the 12th house I was like yes what? <laughs> yes and but your son especially is in the 12th house and I I wasn't sure if you've ever had a reading before or any you got you've had yeah, a reading yeah, yeah. Before. I've had a few okay well maybe I'll just explain this then for for the audience because I, I need to now watch Colton's season fully. I've seen a couple of episodes of it, 
but I now need to, I want to watch you especially on it, not to be creepy because I can't imagine what that experience was like with your son and being a son in the 12th house person. It was the most freeing and like emotionally cleansing thing for me to learn about my son in the 12th house. So I'm going to get right into it and feel free to ask me any questions. Okay. And I think that everyone will understand where I'm getting at basically, because not only are you a son in the 12th house, you're just to put it out there for anyone listening, you're a sun in Capricorn, you have a moon in Gemini, and you're an Aquarius rising. You're a cardinal sign, Capricorn is cardinal. So when you're a cardinal sign with the sun in the 12th house, I feel for you because I'm also a cardinal, I'm Aries with sun in the 12th house. So people can sort of take our calm, cool confidence and kind of use it as a target and really kind of come after us for no reason because they think that we can handle things that we actually empathically and emotionally can't, but we're really good at hiding it. People with sun in the 12th house, I I saw a psychic tweet that all sun in the 12th house people are automatically psychic. Now, I don't know how we're psychic, but I guess that's cool, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Energy is our first language. We are automatically an empath. And people probably make you feel like you're crazy because you see things differently than many others, which is really frustrating. The biggest question in your life is who am I? And honestly, it's never going to be answered because in fact, you can move and become any sign within the chart and sort of transform, but you may also absorb the bad, which is why it's important to recharge. Um, But yes, who am I? You're pretty much everything. Okay. So yeah. And you'll, and we'll, we'll peel the layers of that. Um, as we go along, but the 12th house is the house of the unseen. It's also the house of karma, a lot of mystical mysticism, spiritual gifts. And also you have a lot of gifts that are earned and gained from past lives that are, they made their way into this one, whether on purpose or, or not, it just naturally sort of happens. Your identity with the sun in the 12th house, you transform into everything. Your identity is not set in stone. The 12th house is also the house of solitude, which you're, you definitely need your alone time because you absorb so much energy and it can get really confusing because your emotions will be mixed up with others. What I tend to notice myself doing is that I feel these emotions and then I'm trying to rationalize where these emotions are coming from. And oddly enough, it could come from the person you passed at the grocery store. And then while you're trying to unravel why that emotion exists, you're kind of going through all the pages of your life and painful circumstances that have happened, whether it's recently or in your childhood. And then you kind of get really, more, you get a lot more <laughs> depressed and sad yeah. and gloomy and emotional. And it, it just, it's really, really painful. And then you're dealing with all your own baggage that it really wasn't meant for you to deal with at that particular moment. It is really important for you to clear your energy more than anyone else, whether it be like stones or sage, whatever cleansing baths or rituals or even um well sound baths are great also because there's a lot of psychic debris that is put on you and there's also a lot of spiritual attract spiritual attachments um I forgot what this one this weird lady she's a psychic came up to me out of nowhere and she told me that I forgot what she called me but it sounded kind of like a saucer (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what word she used with me, but she basically was like, you have to constantly cleanse yourself because the spirits also want to be with you because of, oh. of, because of this power. And 
she's like, whether it's human emotions or the spirit's emotions of the things that they're trying to kind of like process through, you need to be wary of it. I go, oh, I don't like that. I don't like ghosts. Now I can't go to sleep tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's the weirdest thing because actually while filming The Bachelor, I had my first ghost experience. They made us stay in a haunted hotel in Denver. Tasha and I were rooming together in Denver and at like three in the morning or something, she wakes me up and she's like, do you hear that noise? And she was hearing like fingernails scraping against fabric. So I like sit up to listen and I'm, I like go to turn to her and I'm like, no, I don't hear it. But then out of the corner of my eye, I see like this figure standing behind the curtain of our bedroom. And it's not like the windows were open. So it's like, there's definitely someone or something standing behind the curtain. So I tell her like, there's something behind the curtain. Don't freak out. I'm just going to like turn on the light and we'll see if it's still there. So I like lean over, turn on the light and it's definitely still there. And she's like, so brave and a badass. She's like, I'm going to get up and <laughs> go see what's there. I'm like, okay, that's all you. Cause I'm not moving. And so she starts to get out of bed and the curtain just falls against the window. And we both freak the fuck out and <laughs> run to the bathroom and hide. But ever since that time, I've had more like spiritual ghost experiences that I've had like two or three since then. So that's very interesting that you bring that up. I've had so many ghost experiences and you would think that I'd be brave, but I actually can't go in the basement alone oh, yeah, sometimes. Terrified. I'm terrified of the dark because I've experienced so much. One time we went to St. Augustine. I've had a lot of very clear ghost experiences where I've actually seen a person, but I like blocked it and just kept being a denier and would just try to deny. And ironically, my only, I moved to a new school. I had no friends. And the only friend I had, had a mom that was trying to be a medium. So she would trick us into going on these trips and then it would turn out to be something really haunted. And she was trying to tap into stuff. Oh my gosh. So that's where one of the people told me I was like a whatever, a magnet. And so she, when she would see so many things when I was around her, she'd be like, this is so interesting. And I'm like, no, it's not. I want to go home. Like, (laughs) I'm like, that's a hologram. And this is, it was just so crazy. So we, I freaked out and cried because it's one of the most haunted villages in the United States. And I made them get like a new hotel at a golf resort far (laughs) from like the main haunted activity area. And I swear the do not disturb sign on the door started swinging back and forth on its own. And the closet door started rattling. I was freaking out, crying hysterically. It was, it was just, I I can't even explain to you. Like I had to sleep in the same bed with my friend's mom. It was awkward. I was so scared to sleep. For any listeners that have had experiences like this, um, I mean, a lot of people just don't want to admit it because people think they sound crazy. Uh, yes. But what I do is I just call in my spirit guides. I'm like, hey, can we clear this room out, please? Can we like chop chop? Like there, I think there's <laughs> someone that's not supposed to be here right now, but it's when you experience something like that, it's so wild. So my dad passed away a few years ago and he was always a really big jokester. And I always made jokes. I was like, so are you going to like 
pull pranks on me from heaven. Like, you know, what are you doing? And last year we were, I was in my mom's room and we kept on hearing this, like knocking, this scratching. And my cat was going wild. She was like going behind this chair, which is where we were hearing the noise coming from. And we couldn't figure out if it was the closet. We thought somehow there was a bat in the house or a yeah. bird. And it happened several nights in a row that we almost called animal control. We were like, what is going on? And we couldn't find anything. And it was creeping us out majorly. And I have another show, um, another podcast called Spiritual Spiral, where I interview mediums and psychics and stuff. And one of them came on and was like, your dad's laughing. Have you been hearing weird noises? Did you freak <laughs> out the other day? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, it was him. He was just kidding around. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, dad, come on. But <laughs> no, Stress. but yes. And the more scared you are when there's a spirit, just add this, the more vulnerable you are. So just, you know, okay. be a Tasha, be a Tasha. Yeah. Like, get okay. out of here. <laughs> I, I try to say like, I do not invite you to present yourself in my space. And I I'm asking you to leave or I, I say these things and I sound, I feel so silly, but at the end of the day, yeah. Did any of the other girls talk about having a weird experience that night? No, no one else did. Oh my gosh. I know just... it was crazy. And I went yeah. back recently actually and stayed at the same hotel. Cause I wanted <laughs> to see if I was crazy. Like maybe it was just <laughs> all in her head. And right. I went with two friends and myself and another friend felt like the blankets being tugged off of us and then next to me the pillow started to like indent and no one was yeah it was very I was like okay it was real oh hell no yeah <laughs> no. I'll, I'll end it on this but I think the craziest psychic ex I mean like not psychic experience because I don't know what my psychic strength is like what, what my what my what my main thing is I right, think right. maybe Claire aud audience I don't know because I hear ringing and I've always gotten a ringing in my ear when something like on this left ear, I have a certain ring that I hear when something bad happens. Oh. Like, and, and then the phone rings one second later and I get that call that like someone really important to me has just passed. So I think maybe that, I mean, I think the strongest ghost moment I've ever had, we went, same woman tricked us into, you know, little train station that was turned into a hotel and I'm like oh it's so beautiful it's like the Titanic oh my gosh yeah I was such a fan of Titanic so I had to go see it I came so haunted my teeth were chattering the second I walked in there um I must have been 13 14 was this is actually before St. Augustine and I told myself that I was just dreaming but I know I wasn't dreaming I got up and peed and everything so I came back into my bed and all of a sudden it was a little boy and it literally looked like the way you would see kids dressed during like the great depression, right. you know, he had the little hat, like a little newspaper boy hat and everything. And he literally like walked up to me, stared at me. I'm like, please go, please go. And then I just saw him like go into the wall and he vanished. Oh my gosh. And I think about that all the time. Like sometimes I'll just be driving, like cruising to some music and get a flashback of it. I'm like, oh, like I just don't <laughs> want to think about that ever again. Oh my gosh. That's wild. And it was literally like, a, it was, like he was this, it was like an outline, but you saw him and it was like almost this like bluish light. Like it was like almost like the way you would see it in a movie. Yeah. And it just made me think like the way movies depict things have to be through right from, like, like someone has, has seen that yeah and that's why yeah it was so weird like he was see-through but he was he was seen it was just 
honestly chilling. Anyway, yeah, that was that was a fun like <laughs> tangent. I love that. Yeah, it was almost like a slumber <laughs> party where we like share yeah. ghost stories. <laughs> yeah. The cool part about being born with the sun in the 12th house is that you have a natural cosmic awareness and you perceive reality as a form of creation. I'm sure that the thoughts you had as a child were far ahead from an average 40 year old's deep thoughts and you're just naturally creative and artistic. So the downside is the part where I said people probably make you feel like you're crazy. Um, you are a mirror for people. People either love or hate you because you reflect to them what they need to see in the moment. I still find myself taking it personally. When I thought I was being really nice, um, I still would trigger people. And this is really the story of the sun in 12th house. You are just kind of walking around being the punching bag, triggering people's soul with your own identity for no apparent reason, as so it can feel. Yeah, but you're right. I do tend to mirror people like all the time. I'll match their energy and I'm, it's, yeah, it's very odd. And this, when you said, even if you're being nice, sometimes it can trigger people. I've had that like working in dental hygiene, I'll be really nice to a patient, but for some reason I'll get like, it luckily it doesn't happen often, but I've one or two occurrences where I was really nice. Nothing bad happened during the appointment, but they just got triggered for some reason mm-hmm. and then went off on me. And I was like, okay, not sure where that even came from, but that makes sense. It probably makes you want to go into hermit mode. Cause I know I do. Yes. I like to go into hermit mode because of it. Do you study human design? I briefly did. I know I'm a generator. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I wrote I wonder if all sun in 12th house people are projectors. Of course, not all projectors are sun in 12th house, but maybe all sun in 12th house could be projectors. <laughs> so I'm wrong about that, but that's that's really interesting because in human design, projectors are known to also be mirrors for people, Okay, which is a huge challenge. But generators, I think that it's good that you're a generator with this placement because at least when you're energized and you're happy, you can inject that joy to people so quickly as well. So that's really good. Um, Whatever interaction we have with people, good or bad, regardless, it's food for their soul. There is something they are meant to digest from that interaction. So whether they're fighting with you for no reason or having a really deep conversation with you that's bonding and impactful, there's something for them to take away. But what sucks about it is like the sour interactions and people yeah. just kind of throwing their baggage on you for no reason. People seeing you what they need to see in themselves and need to learn. And it usually has nothing to do with you. It's something that I try to remind myself, but I don't always remember in every situation. Um, but living life that way can cause so much pain and actually develop a lot of self-consciousness. And we develop an even further hyper-awareness of how people feel and how people are dumping their baggage onto us and what maybe why they even do it because we are a target. And they say the reason why we're a target for that is because they can feel our unconditional love and the fact that we are here for service. And that's it. So it's easy to be drained, but boundaries are the most important for people like us, even though it's probably the one thing we suck the most at is having boundaries. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So before I go further, how do you have any comments on it or 
it's pretty spot on. <laughs> I can't imagine what it was like being in a pressure cooker of a reality TV show with a bunch of girls that are going through probably the most vulnerable and insecure moment of their life naturally. I mean, can't blame them. I can't imagine what that was like for you. It's interesting hearing this and now like thinking back to that, like I went in, like I'm all about like positivity, love and light, whatever, manifesting, like just like, okay. And by the end of that whole thing, I was super self-conscious and I don't know if I was taking on other people's stuff and that's why I don't, I don't know. It's very interesting, but yeah, yeah, I was definitely a lot different by the end of it and totally kind of like broken down, self-conscious, just like, blah. My God, you probably needed like the biggest energy clearing, like thinking about what Melissa is saying and how you like are a mirror to people and people kind of would pick on you because they would see something in themselves that they didn't like in you it's kind of exactly what happened. Like, first of all, all the girls were talking shit about each other. Like, I remember watching it being like, why are they so mad at her? This seems really extra. And they like really zeroed in on you. Like Cassie and Kaylin did for a little bit. And it was, it was alarming. And you're like, dude, like you guys have to chill because also they kind of got caught red-handed. Like people heard them. Yeah, talk and not, you know, obviously they're not bad people and, you know, people go on the shows for different reasons, but yeah, like they zeroed in on you like that. And now knowing this about your chart, that makes total sense. And it also makes for probably a miserable experience for you being on a reality show. Like who wants to be the target like that? And you're like, what did I do? And it's just like, why, like, why aren't you mad at this person that did like this, 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 why are you picking on me? Yeah. Yeah. You're the vehicle for whatever they need to see and process within themselves. Yeah. Which makes sense now looking back. And it doesn't mean like nothing's your, not your fault because it's also a journey where your biggest lesson is like learning your boundaries and learning to decipher and discern what's other people's emotions and what is yours. But that's an endless thing to figure out, right? You're going to be figuring that out probably till your, your last day on earth. And I remember you mentioning to kind of circle back to you mentioning um, the self-consciousness, how you're not sure it truly, the answer is it was a double dose. You had your own journey of that self-consciousness, but you also had to absorb and kind of eat other people. So, and also feeling everybody else's emotions with yours. I think you just got kind of like double fisting. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely feel more, I don't know, this isn't just my story, but I feel more self-conscious now at my age of 32, but I think I would say like it started really heavy at 28, 29. I got so self, I was more self-conscious at that age than I ever was as a younger person. I I don't, and I'm like, why though? Cause I'm seeing so many other people around me kind of do the opposite. Like they're finding themselves. I'm like, I feel like I'm actually a high school kid again. And I don't know why. That's how I've been feeling. I'm, and it started right after the bachelor. So I was like, same 28 or around that same age. Saturn return age. Like, yes, exactly. That's what my other astrologist was saying. That's Saturn return. Luckily it's ending soon, but yeah. Yeah. Like I'm trying to discover who I am by myself again, but it's like, really, I have to go through this again. Like it does feel like I'm back in high school. Like, yeah. It's so weird. Like I've never in my college days, I just remember looking at myself in the mirror, heading out, being like, you look 
awesome. <laughs> now I look at myself and I'm like, why are your eyebrows like that? Why does the pants fit you like, like, and I'm like, I remember as a teen having people talk about themselves that way. And I'm like, why would you do that? You're so beautiful. And yeah. I almost need that version of me to just come back and hang out with me. <laughs> so I need yeah, her. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like that. I mean, I'm trying to tap into her again, but it's just really interesting. And, and this is honestly the most insecure time of our lives because it's almost like you're faced, especially with Saturn return, you're faced with what is the outcome of all the decisions I've made throughout my life? Yeah. How is it, what is coming to fruition based on that? Of course, everything happens for a reason and be grateful. It's a wonderful journey, but it's, it's almost like we're playing a very, a much bigger game than we did when we were in high school and high school is yeah. about how people liked you and how you got along or social occasions, or it was just not like about the house or the long-term relationship, the kids. It's like, right. It's so I, I notice when I'm hanging with people, it's way heavier than it used to be, but that's yeah. for another day. Um, but life is not supposed to be doom and gloom. Um, embracing the life of mysticism, which it seems that you have been, and we need you back on the podcast to talk astrology. <laughs> yeah, It's important for you to go with the flow, notice all the symbolism in the world. I know me, I, I notice symbolism in everything. Like if I see an owl cartoon three times, I'm like, oh, what does that mean? If I see certain numbers, if I see any license plate, I'm like looking for symbols. Yeah. Um, it trust in the universe because we are meant to receive and only take actions based on what inspires us. I think that's really cool because our paths are kind of laid out by diving deep into ourselves, which is something that society doesn't train us to do or condition us to do. Right. Um, and I also wanted to mention that you, uh, when you talked about, you know, how, yes, you're grateful for getting the opportunity to be on TV, but it was also traumatic. I also heard you busted your chin oh, <laughs> during yeah. it. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, oh, so Chiron and Leo, because <laughs> Chiron and Leo, Leo is meant to be in the spotlight. It can capture a lot of trauma being out there. Okay. And so that also mixed with your son in the 12th house, probably um, attracted also. I totally big... forgot about that, actually. That was wild. And then did yeah. they even show it? Because it was like, all, no. all of a sudden you're like, what happened to Kerpa's chin? <laughs> but on in their defense, they didn't film the part where I actually fell. But they, I mean, they got, I think they got some footage of like, the hospital, but it might've been on someone's cell phone. So they really didn't have a lot to show of it because we had just arrived and it was like, we were having a little downtime before the cameras like got set up. So, which is why they couldn't really show it. God, you yeah. Thing. A Chiron and Leo situation would be like winning Miss America and then tripping on the way to the crown or something like that. Okay. Like it's just, but it also can cause a lot of stressful moments, even in the spotlight being like your daily life, going to work and stuff, regular workplace drama. Yeah. Can even be a little bit of Chiron and Leo. I'm sure it can go even deeper into your traumas, if, but this is all from the surface level stuff that I know about you. But one quick question. So you had to get stitches. Yes. It didn't look like you had, in, in any of the pictures I've seen of you, like it didn't, or when you got, when Colton sent you home, it didn't look like you were wearing like a, or stitches what did they make you take it off for those moments 
Like I know not the stitches, but did they like hide it in certain ways or I don't know. I was so lucky the way I fell. I have a scar and it's right directly under my chin. So that bandaid was covering the stitches. And when we went to Vietnam, they took the stitches out and it was like, perfect. Like all healed. I didn't have to wear anything over it after that I could just wear like regular makeup and it was fine when you went down who of the girls were around you and like helped you Elise I remember she like rushed over and she was like oh my god are you okay and I like I was like "Mm -hmm, yeah I'm okay and then I'm like nope nope not okay and she's like it's okay you'll be fine and I just remember I was like is it bad like and she's like "Mm -hmm, yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love her she's so awesome we had her on the show. She's so sweet. Yeah, and she's the best. Also, her whole chart like made her to be the mama bear in every social situation. Yes, so, which yeah. she definitely was. That kind of that ties into that. That's really cute. Um, but yeah, your North Node is in Capricorn in the 11th house, being social, doing community type things. It's meant to be for you to be out there in the public. And yeah, you kind of going on TV and being put on a bigger platform was something that you really had no focus on. Right. Um, public recognition definitely was not your goal, but it all came to fruition and just sort of happened. Yeah, it really Which, did. Yeah. So that kind of goes also into how your son in the 12th house kind of gave you all these random gifts that, of things that you didn't really have to fight to do. You know, that there are people that apply five times, finally get on. You did right. it on like I a whim no and just came. Yeah. Yeah funny like have to deal with so many people as a calling when you're also sort of a punching bag but it really is meant to be and you are going to have a focus on how to better society it doesn't mean that you need to be the activist of you know the century you can better society sort of just by giving people a new appreciation into things just by being you so I wouldn't overthink it but just sort of with whatever inspires you and then we have your boyfriend's birthday too yes oh yes taylor is a libra sun and aquarius moon so it's interesting that the two of you are sort of sam sam is a libra (laughs) sun aquarius rising you're the aquarius i know i'm an aquarius i'm an aquarius moon remember oh you're aquarius moon oh that's caitlin caitlin's the aquarius rising you're the Aquarius moon and Libra rising. Sorry. Yeah, so me and your, back. me and your boyfriend have the same sun and moon sign, I guess. <laughs> yes. You so guys funny. do. I can definitely say you both have fantastic communication, especially you with you being in a, yeah, you're, you being an Aquarius rising and then him having the Aquarius moon. You also have your Venus is in his 11th house of marriage and partnership. So I'm not sure where you guys stand as far as your relationship goes or how long you've been together. But if that's something that you both desire, it is favorable. Okay. Yes. Good. Um, he has Chiron and cancer. I have Chiron and cancer. It's pretty, I'm sure he's has a lot of, I would say like painful experiences, but he can really relate to your son in the 12th house. So I think that he would never be tired or find any of your emotions to be like negativity. He's like, oh, we need to process this. Is right. that correct? Yeah. Okay, He's great. always very open to like listening. Cause I am very, I can get very like emotional and we always like, we'll sit and talk through it. And he's not in the past, like past relationships, they've always been very judgmental, but he's not that way at all. 
Oh, that's so nice. I love to hear that. His sun and moon gives a high degree of social awareness, which is good for you because you naturally have that as well. But he does definitely think a lot before he acts or speaks. I don't know if, he, if he's gotten to the point where if he's realized this or not, but he really needs to constantly express himself because he, that can cause a tendency to expect others to read his mind. But however, he's always diplomatic. So that's yeah. good. He loves to be around his partner. Maybe he won't be able to take criticism that well, but he loves to learn. So I think that kind of causes a nice balance. So you guys have a lot in the 11th house. So you guys have like the same goals and objectives and you both view your friendships and your feelings towards other people in the same okay. way, your appreciation for others. You guys are, you have a very big kinship with that. But yeah. yeah, it looks like you, you guys, I mean, it's always a good sign. It's not the end all be all, but it's always right. a good sign when there's something that matches within like the big three such as your Aquarius moon and his Aquarius rising, or when the, anything in the big three also matches with the North or South node. One can support the other in their life purpose. Yeah. Even though your North node is in Capricorn, it's in the house of Aquarius also. Okay. So yeah. Good. Yeah. So he'll always be able to see your vision, see where you want to go and respect it and appreciate it is he going to come with you on this six month trip or like what's going how is that oh, going to work with you guys the, that's like the sweetest part he's so supportive and yeah. I won't be gone for like the full six months we'll like come back every few weeks like maybe every three weeks or something because we have like weddings next year and things to go to but he was so supportive and he's like yeah like this is your dream then go do it that's awesome yeah I love that and you're so you're going to be doing sort of like a travel food tasting everything in every state yeah yeah yeah. kind of just going around because I love hiking and being around nature so I wanted to like go out and see more because I haven't gotten to do that like especially with COVID and like working mm -hmm. so much so I'm like you know it's time to just like focus on me and what I really like to do and then we'll still do like the cooking stuff like from the road but yeah a lot more of like where's the best hikes or yeah food spots in this state that we found so Oh, I love that. Um, I can't wait to follow you on your journey, especially because I love that stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't, who doesn't? I, so that's great. And I think that's really wonderful, especially because you're, you can never look back and say, I wish I did this. So Kirpa, do you have any questions for me? No, that was so great. Thank you. Because I come out of situations where people snap at me and I'm like, why, why am I like this? Why, yeah. you know? Do I have a resting bitch face? Why am I weird? Why do I always say the worst things? I, I start chipping away at myself, but really right. it's- But it's not I have you. To like, yeah, I just got to learn to like- Brush it off, yeah. Well, Kirpa, please let everyone know where they can follow you on your adventures that are coming up soon. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, it's just first and last name, Kirpa Sudik. That's where I post most of my stuff. Awesome. And thank you all for joining us for this special episode. Please follow us at Throw It Batch Pod on Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe, slide into our DMs if you want us to look at your chart, if you have a former contestant that you think you really want to know what's in their chart. So please do that and we'll see you soon. Bye.